It's amazing to meet you. It is simply extraordinary. Maybe this will all make sense if I explain who I am. My name is Dr. Ellie Staple, and I'm a psychiatrist. My work concerns a particular type of delusion of grandeur. It's a growing field. I specialize in those individuals who believe they are superheroes. <laughs> Good for you. The three of you have convinced yourselves you have extraordinary gifts like something out of a comic book. David Dunn, the only person to survive that train wreck all those years ago. What do you do? I'm in security. You think you have superpowers? It's a feeling. Vision. I have to touch them. You believe you are... Hey everybody, welcome back to the Lucky Dog Podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. Today we are discussing Glass, directed by M. Night Shyamalan. The third installment to the Unbreakable Split series. So if you have not seen Unbreakable and you have not seen Split, I would suggest probably seeing those two if you're planning on completing the trilogy. Um, Before we continue, let's say that we'll discuss spoilers for those two movies and uh, we'll have a quick spoiler bumper before we discuss the spoilers for Glass. So, by now, you should have seen Unbreakable. You should have seen Split. And Glass, here's the synopsis. The security guard, David Dunn, uses his natural abilities to track Kevin Wendelcrum, a disturbed man who has 24 personalities. And uh, one thing about this I thought was kind of crazy... For two hours and nine minutes, it's based on the character of Samuel L. Jackson's character, Glass. He's not in it all that much. Um, He plays the character of uh, Eliza Price, a.k.a. Mr. Glass. Bruce Willis is back as his character, David Dunn, who was um, the main star in Unbreakable. And uh, Split introduced James McAvoy's character, um, who he played, I think it was someone with, what does he say, 23 distinct personalities? Um, And honestly, I swear there was more in this. So, the main thing about Glass, everyone wants to know... Why is it getting a 7-1 on IMDb? Why is it getting, I think it's around a 30% on Rotten Tomatoes? Critics are not exactly uh, that receptive to this. Okay, 36% and uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. So, it seems that uh, it's, it's getting kind of slammed by critics. Um, and the audiences are liking it just a tad bit more. And as we know, if anyone has ever seen an M. Night Shyamalan movie, then you know that there has to be some sort of crazy twist. So, 
the main thing is you want to know is, you know, should I should I go out and see Glass? Well, what I'd say is if you have seen Unbreakable, Unbreakable and you have seen Split, then sure, go ahead and finish the series. You might as well. Do I think it's narratively satisfying completely? No, I don't. I don't think uh, a, most of this movie makes a lot of sense. I think that it thinks it's a lot smarter than it really is. The narrative plotline structure of what it's talking about um, feels slightly outdated. I feel like this was probably written uh, mid-2000s and it really came to light just recently. Um, the acting is really good in my opinion. I'd say the main actors, Bruce Willis could wake up a little bit more. It's not his best acting, but he does he does okay with playing the David Dunn character. James McAvoy's probably one of the more interesting, but he can be a little bit excessive with transferring the different 23 personalities. It was much more subtle in the split movie, uh, the, the transition in between personalities. And in this, like Double Toasted's Corey Coleman said, it feels like you're flipping through channels. I mean, at one point, it really seemed like that. It was like one after the other. So I would say Samuel L. Jackson's character is good as well, but once again he's not in he's not a predominant character in his own movie, which kind of is disappointing if you want to think about it that way. Um I'd say Sarah Paulson's character is almost limited to not advertised at all. And uh I'd say she does some of the best she does some of the most heavy lifting um, throughout most of the uh, the movie as Dr. Ellie Staple. So those are the main characters. I think they majorly do pretty good. They bring back the son of David Dunn, Joseph Dunn, played by Spencer Treat Clark. Um, I haven't seen this guy do too much recently. I guess he's on uh, Animal Kingdom Criminal Minds, he's been on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., NCIS, a couple other things. So he's been on a couple uh, major television shows for one or two episodes. Um, but I thought he did okay. It was nice to see him back because we do get flashbacks throughout the uh, throughout the movie that really feed into the the glass movie that that help us remind ourselves how i mean what has it been it was early 2000s when glass came out so sorry not glass unbreakable came out so it had been a long time i think 19 years or something like that um so it it is it has been a while so um yeah it was 2000s the the main thing about the original two movies unbreakable and split is that we didn't know that these were superhero movies. Their drama, Unbreakable as a drama wrapped in with a hero, a superhero, supervillain plot, subplot, and Split is a horror film with a superhero, supernatural um, subplot, and... Glass is the first movie of the three that really is trying to differentiate itself from the the trilogy of being a quote-unquote superhero movie. And Samuel L. Jackson's character is so hearkened back on that 
that narrative speech of, you know, this is what the good guy does, this is what the bad guy does, that it's, I, I don't know if it's, uh, it it sounds as smart as they think it is. I, I think that in Unbreakable, they really were talking about, um, Elijah was talking about, you know, being a supervillain, and he was really the one that was the organ organizer of the destruction of David Dunn's um, train, and he he was the one that orchestrated it. Um, this it is just not as as smartly handled, I guess. I'm. Let me see if I can um, make this make sense without um, going too off the wall or or giving too many spoilers. Unbreakable, because it was not advertised as a superhero film. It was just, you know, a guy is, you know, lives an extraordinary, uh, lives past an extraordinary event. They, they're allowed to have a smaller budget. Same thing for Split. I th okay, so the budget for Unbreakable was $75 million, And Split grossed... What it's sorry, split was a budget. I know the split budget was a lot smaller than that. Um, so it went from 75 million, the split budget went to um, 9 million. Okay, so yeah, it, it went to 9 million, and then now Glass is back up to 20 million. And so you can see how these, uh, these movies are affected by the budget and I kind of feel like I don't know the the more budget isn't always necessarily a better movie but I felt like this was restrained by having a smaller budget and when I say that you can see that there's only a select few locations they can have since they have these big actors they can't be having them doing too much so I believe that your enjoyment of this movie is going to hinge on the last 20 minutes of the film. It's two hours, nine minutes. Kind of feels about every bit of that. Um, I'd say I really enjoyed it at the beginning, and then it slowly deteriorated as it ended. I don't want to say that I really didn't like the movie because I thought there was a lot to... I was entertained by it, I would say. Like... Sometimes there's, there's movies, you could say, that are just pleasantly, enjoyably bad. And I'd say this doesn't quite hit those marks because it, it there are really great parts in it. But um, ultimately, the last 20 minutes will really determine how you feel about this movie. Um, I can't really discuss the last 20 in non-spoilers, so I will discuss as much as I can without until we hop into the spoiler section. So, the... Narrative structure of this, of 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 the entire trilogy of Unbreakable, Split, and Glass, I believe they're trying to leave this trilogy in a, in a narratively satisfying ending. So, depending on how much, how invested you are with these characters, I think that's what's going to lend to what your rating is going to be. Um, if you think that they complete the story or they leave the story in a satisfying um, place then or a satisfying ending, then 
um, you're probably going to enjoy this a lot more than uh, other people. So let's uh, discuss some things I didn't think were so hot before we hop into spoilers. Some things I didn't think were so hot were some of the fighting was uh, kind of, a I don't know, a, I don't want to say abrupt, but it wasn't, you know, fantastic is what I'd say. Um, I got chills of the happening in some of this movie, just some of the stupidness, some of the, the contrived writing when it came to it. There was a lot of talk about comic books that was so unnecessary that the, the movie literally would stop to say, did you know that people are going to Comic-Con? People are going to buy toys? People are buying video games? You're being my... It's, it's, it's like, you're just talking about the commercialization of... Uh, of entertainment really i mean basically what disney thrives on and you're not saying anything smart anything that hasn't been well apparent for the past 15 years and it's like if where has m night been when it comes to the discussions on i i, I don't understand what the what he's trying to say with all of this that that people are i i i don't even know what he's trying to say because it sounds so ridiculous that He's, he sounds like he's trying to tell us information in the year 2003 that we should be ready for, you know, all these comics and stuff like that. But, dude, we've had Avengers 1, 2, 3, um, and we got four coming up. We've had, uh, I don't know, like 10 really solid superhero films, both on uh, both sides of the spectrum. You know, Marvel and DC have had their respective good um uh, movies so when they are stopping this film to tell us you know people are being uh, mind wiped and they're going they're not being mind wiped but people are being uh, influenced to go buy superhero stuff and become super it's and, and, he's, and they're saying it's ridiculous and that type of thing it's just like you're not saying anything we don't already know we this has only become bigger in the last 20 years and uh if this movie had come out in 2005, before The Dark Knight, or before Iron Man, or before some of the biggest um, films in the past 20 years, you know, had come out, then it might be saying something. But it's just late to the punch. The narrative story arcs aren't um, satisfying for a lot of people, and um, they seem to be slightly hinged by the budget and there might have been a slight rewrite in this um i can kind of feel it toward the the third act um let me see if anything else i can say like i said i didn't hate the movie it's probably about a rental i'd give it maybe a seven out of ten just because of the performances that you get from um james mcavoy and um samuel l and just for the pure enjoyment of it, I would say that it's probably about a 7 out of 10. But if you're in love with the characters, I can see how you are going to... Uh, you, you might be disappointed. I could definitely see that. So um, let's hop into the spoiler section of Glass. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoshMedia.com. So we are in the spoiler spoiler side of Glass. Um, yeah, so now, by now, 
you know how ridiculous the twist is, the double twist. First, you got the first twist. All right, so Sarah Paulson is evidently working for some, like, unknown, underground, like, secret society of some sort that of investors that are trying to remove superheroes, both good and bad, to keep the balance of the force or some shit like that on, you know, level. And that's her job. And knowing Shyamalan, you can't just have one twist. Oh, hell no. You can't just have one twist. You got to hit that twist and spin it up straight, slack it up and whip it out. And of course you got to have Eliza Price, Mr. Glass, have that last hurrah and basically taking all of the the cameras that were recording everyone in this asylum and uh, sending the files to, um, I think it was David Dunn's son and the chick that was taken in um, Split. What was her name? Uh, Casey Cook. Okay, so the, the characters Joseph Dunn and Casey Cook and Elijah Price's mom. Uh, uh, Mr. Glass's mother as well, who had some iffy makeup on. I don't. I don't want to hearken too much on the makeup. I heard that <laughs> this actress that plays Mr. Glass's mother is five years older than Samuel L. Jackson, so they had to do some <laughs> uh, interesting uh, makeup work with that. If you want to say so myself, uh, if I if I say so myself, uh, M. Night also makes a fucking just horrendous. Uh, uh, cameo appearance. I'm I'm sorry if he's if he's listening, but it looked like he was waiting for the the camera to you know say action. It was so self evident that he knew he was in a movie, and it was just not organic at all. Um, my favorite character in this was probably James McAvoy's, and it was probably one of the more satisfying endings. Um, I thought it was ridiculous that David Dunn is drowned by some off-camera guy, um, some no-name guy in a small puddle on the ground, and David's evident weakness is water. It's just like, come on, man. I mean, come on, man. And I just... The way that the narrative structure of Unbreakable and Split were unfolding, it felt like... They were supposed to have, Mr. Glass was supposed to be the one that was going to take David out or vice versa. It was like Mr. Glass sets James McAvoy's character, the Horde, um, to go um, kill David Dunn. And it seems that they they kind of work it out, but then the off-screen Sarah Paulson character in this this uh, government, whoever she's working for, this this entity she's working for, this, these uh, people she's working for, come in from off screen and kill the characters we've been following for the past, I guess, three movies by that point. And I guess it's it's I guess just because we weren't exposed to any of this at all, there was hardly any anything that would harken back to showing that Sarah Paulson I, I don't remember Sarah Paulson's character at all in Split I don't remember I didn't see Unbreakable uh, immediately before so I don't remember it having any government entity uh, following um, 
following the characters. So to have this this third party entity come and take our favorite characters out just felt a little bit cheap. And then to have Mr. Glass say, ah, bah, aha, I got your ass because I recorded the whole thing and sent it to everybody. It's like, okay, what what are you going to prove that these people are out there? It's like, it doesn't really give us a satisfying ending, in my opinion. Also, there is some weird... I don't understand the James McAvoy's character, the 23 um, different personalities he's got going on that are flipping on and off. Um, and evidently, when he's around Casey Cook, Anya Taylor Joy's character, he's okay. And it was just a weird, icky ending to have with uh, those two. I understood that, you know, he needed to have someone of resonance to. Uh, someone to, you know, someone's arms to die in, but I guess because they were trying to make him a little bit more sympathetic and less like a villain, they had to, they, they brought her back in, but the way they executed it was just sloppy, honestly. I was just like, ugh. It just, can you think for half a second about, you know, maybe we shouldn't have this guy with dissociative disorder, dissociative identity dis disorder, uh, you know, be becoming the threat. Maybe we should be a little bit more sensitive to people with mental health issues. Maybe we shouldn't have the person that was kidnapped in the second movie come back and be the, the key to it all in the third movie. It just, I don't know. It is just icky at, at some points. Um, let's see anything else, anything else regarding this. Uh, a lot of people say that, uh, Bruce Willis was sleepwalking through it, and he hasn't had a very good movie in a few years. And I I can't say that he was sleepwalking through it because um, they really just didn't give him a lot of lines. Honestly, they didn't. There was so uh, so much of the second act just felt like lollygagging to the third act that they eventually ran out of money for. And so I I I, I felt the twenty million dollar budget. I think they could have done a little bit more. It shows kind of, I mean, it was the same budget that um, they did Bird Box with. So you can kind of see the difference. Although there's a lot more, I guess, I don't know. There's They they both are constrained by the budget, if you want to say that. Um, yeah, slightly disappointing on some areas. I didn't hate the movie. I thought the double, the, the double twist at the end with... Uh, them getting everyone together was, I was like, well, whatever. I, you know what? At, at this point, I don't even give a shit. Like, I wasn't pissed off. I was just like, okay. So, um, yeah, that's those are my initial thoughts on Glass. Slightly disappointed, like I said, but if you're going to watch it, check it out on a rental. And, uh, yeah, thank you for listening, and... Check out the Fire Fraud documentary and the Fire Festival documentary on Netflix. I'd recommend Netflix first, then the Hulu one if you're going to watch it. So, yes. Thank you for listening. Lucky Dog Podcast at gmail.com. Rate, share, subscribe, and take it easy. Some of us can still bend steel. I've been waiting for the world to see that we exist. May I meet the beast? 
I hope for your sake that he likes you. That sounds like the bad guys teaming up. A lot of people are going to die. Don't do this. Are you ready? What do we call you, sir? First name, Mr. Last name, Class.